Seltzer Kings Podcasts. On today's episode, LB struggles with counting to 10, how getting high can take 10 years off your neck, and building a community through cats who love murder. All that and more on today's episode of Bad Advice with Lori Beth Denberg. Because that Dear Evan Hansen trailer came out this week and it's all over my Facebook. That's true. Hello, listeners. It is Lori Beth Denberg and welcome to the Bad Advice Podcast. You. I like I said, it is Lori Beth Denberg, not <laughs> I am or this is. Uh, it's like the it is your birthday on the office right. that they make the sign for. I'm so Dwight today. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the Bad Advice Podcast with me as always is Clark Prozer. Hello. Hello. How are you doing today? I am doing okay. Yeah? My dad, uh, if you've been listening, <laughs> you know, my dad had a full knee replacement. Yeah. I've been taking care of him and yeah. taking care of life and he's doing okay. Okay. So uh, it's going, it's pretty copacetic. Good. We did, we did have to take the bandage off and so I got to see the gnarly oh, skull. Yeah, and nice. it's got all the staples and it was really satisfying. Oh, crazy. Because, and I'd seen it before, he had the other knee done, but I remember after his heart surgery, I was really disappointed <laughs> because I was like, it's going to be a big zipper, like heart scar, like Krusty has. And it's not because no? technology is oh, so yeah. amazing. Oh, yeah. But they like, I guess they like sloop it together from the inside. So it really oh. just looks like this kind of like line. Nice. And I was like, dad, I thought it'd be more gory. I'm really disappointed. <laughs> and he was like, sorry. Get me a butter knife. Exactly. I'll, <laughs> all right, I'll do it. <laughs> but we had uh, Rick Baker come over. <laughs> Nice. Just really gore it out nice, for us. Nice, nice. I he, like it. I have Rick Baker on retainer whenever <laughs> I need him to come over. Sure. Well, technically, you have most of the thriller behind the scenes uh, crew. Uh, yes. On speed dial, if you ever need. Uh... Yeah, Coppola is waiting. <laughs> Coppola is waiting at home by the phone, constantly just drinking some wine. We're drinking his wine, awaiting my needs. Comic book films aren't films. Isn't that right, Lori Beth? That was Scorsese. Oh, that's right. Wait, didn't Coppola direct? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He directed yeah. Thriller. Yeah, I think so. Are all Italian directors the same to you, Clark? They are. I'm very racist. That you know way. what? You're not woke. <laughs> it's but... also uh, when this when this episode comes out, it's about to be Memorial Day. It is going to be Memorial Day, and we are in. Now I know we always joke that I can't talk about. Uh, we can't do one episode without me talking about COVID. But this will be the first time in a long time. Where, yeah, you can get together. You know, yeah. if you are a truthful, good human being. Right. Because they say, you know, they've said to us in California or Los Angeles or whatever, you know, if you've been vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. Yeah. You can mix with people that you don't even live with. That's and, right. You know, and then it's like, okay, well, I know I'm on the level. <laughs> but uh, so this will be 
hopefully a, a really nice experience yeah, for feel, the first time. I feel like there's going to be three million conversations that are all go the, the exact same way. Like, <laughs> oh, I can't remember how to do this. Yes. Uh, uh, what's it like being with friends? Shake hands? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I forgot that all of you had legs. <laughs> that we were joking that one of the friends that I see on Zoom all the time, we go back in, it's like, I'll be in a wheelchair and I'll be like, Michael, nothing's changed. You look exactly the same. <laughs> Nobody on Zoom has legs. Exactly. But so it is Memorial Day. Do you have any uh, exciting uh, things? We're going to see some family friends. Family friends are coming over uh, with their kid and we're going to kind of maybe swim or barbecue <gasps> or do something like, you know, something fun like that. Excellent. I, oh, actually, I have a big uh, project that's going to come to fruition that day. Oh. That day, that weekend. Okay. That I'm going to be working with a lot of friends on. But I will also be <gasps> house sitting for my friend Tina with oh. Cotton the Cat. I have spoken about her before on the show. So oh. it's one of my favorite places to be. I'm really excited. Nice. I But Memorial Day made me... <laughs> Made me think about this thing. I have a friend, a very dear friend. Yeah. She's a listener to the show. Oh. I will not call her out by name. <laughs> um, but her husband is uh, really sick. Mm. He's a, a career veteran in the Air Force. He has a lot of health problems. Wow. He has been in the ICU for like hundred days. Oh. He's been going through that a lot. I go over, if you look at my Instagram, you'll see pictures of me with Vishla's with, I call them the red dogs. Mm. So they are her dogs, Bella and Dash, her, okay. you know, this couple. Yeah. And on days that she goes from work to the hospital to visit him, I go to her house to take care of the dogs mm. and all that kind of stuff, which of course I love. And they're the red dogs, but it also helps her out. So she is just, I mean, she's a fantastic human being. Mm. And so, um, and her nieces are Girl Scouts, so like Girl Scout cookie time is always a thing. Nice. So in March, she brought all the people that work in the ICU Girl Scout cookies. Oh, nice. And then we were sitting um, talking, and it was like April-ish, and I'm like, we sh well, I said, you should make them an Easter basket. And <laughs> yeah. then I'm like, I'll do it. <laughs> you don't have enough to do. Can you whip up an Easter basket? So, and then that went really well. So I was really proud of it. It's oh, really nice. big because there's a lot of people there. And so she said to me, you know, like a April, big like gift basket. Oh, like yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not talking about, you know, a little tiny basket with some eggs in it. The you're... basket I bought at Michael's was called a laundry basket. <laughs> oh, wow. It's not like, and it was, you know, wicker. Sure, It wasn't sure. like huge, but sure. like bigger. You could fit like three baby Moseses in it oh, and then put it on the river. See, that's a big um, hang, uh, uh, basket. Exactly. So this time she's like, what should we do for May? We got to think of something. And so, of course, I think of the holidays first. Right, right. And it's like Memorial Day. <laughs> yeah. And then I thought, ooh, you know, my friend's a career veteran. I go, Memorial Day is not a good theme for a basket for people trying to keep a veteran alive. <laughs> right. So we're going to scratch that. <laughs> and instead, I I did what I love to do, which is go to the National Day calendars. Oh, okay. Because what you might not know out there is like every single day is like National Blank Day. Right, right. And it's random shit shit all the time. Yeah. So in May, the thing that stuck out most to me was National Paper Airplane Day. Hmm. May 26th. Wow. National Paper Airplane Day. So okay. I made this basket, this big basket, and we got two books of like how to make paper airplanes, but they come with like really cool paper. Right. And they weren't like, because all the ones were like 
for kids. Right. And I'm like, I tried to get one that wasn't for like a one-year-old. Right, right, so right. So I got a couple of those. And then my idea was to just do all kinds of little snacks like mm. you would get on an airplane. Mm. And then the little bottles of booze. Mm. So I stuck all that in there and I'm really proud of it. So oh, I'm really hoping awesome. they like it. But like, yeah, when we were talking about Memorial Day, I was like... That would have been the worst, like, <laughs> just a basket with snacks and, like, the tri-folded American flag. Which is really wrong. Some gravestones on sticks exactly. just for decoration exactly. in the basket, right? Just, uh, yeah. So, oh. But I'm really excited about my basket. And, uh, you know, I know uh, we're not always as fantastic about dropping on Wednesdays, but if we're able to get this episode out on Wednesday, it will be the 26th. It will be... <sighs> National Paper Airplane Day, if we happen to drop this on time and you're listening to it, day of. Okay, so here's what I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm going to make it my business to get this out. Yes. So if you listen to this on Wednesday, yes. May 26th, National Paper Airplane Day, take a picture or a video of yourself. Yes. And making a paper airplane, throwing one, having a contest, whatever it is. If you want to do videos of uh, inappropriate places to throw a paper airplane, we'd love it. Yes. Consent. Consent <laughs> is key. Um, and you Hospital can. Hospital room. You know what? We'll, con we'll consider this kind of like a fan art thing. Yeah, yeah, so you yeah. can send those to Lori Beth Denberg fan art at gmail.com. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. All right. That's good planning. Yeah. That's Pretty good. All right. Uh, well, let's move on. We usually go straight to our uh, questions. Yes. But today we actually have a follow up that I'd love to start us out with. Okay. So uh, I this don't know. is a complete surprise to me. Yeah, this is going to be a complete surprise. You have not heard this. I'm the only one who, who's heard this. It's such a great call. Uh, this is Rachel, and she actually has some advice for a previous caller. Oh. All right. So she's going to help with the bad advice. So this is Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hello, Lori, Beth, and Clark. Uh, my name is Rachel, and I'm calling from Buffalo, New York. I'm not actually calling for bad advice for myself, um, but to help give advice to a caller um, named Lucas, who is struggling to get his cat to watch Beverly Hills 90210. My cat, Sadie, who loves this podcast, by the way, enjoys watching um, violent movies and TV shows. Um, her favorite movies are John Wick and Predator. Um, she also enjoys the score to the movie Psycho and the music of Louis Armstrong, which I realize has no relation to those. Um, anyways, my advice is to introduce um, any episodes to your cat that may involve a lot of punching sounds or murder to get them hooked on the show and then be able to get them to watch other episodes. Um, Lori, Beth, and Clark, thank you so much for the podcast. Um, I look forward forward to your million hugs tour um p.s clark for some reason i imagined you looked like jeremy until i saw a picture of you um and um i don't know why i thought that but i did um have a good day uh, that was rachel rachel there's a million things going on in my brain right now <laughs> First of all, you're awesome. <laughs> Just going through the litany of things. Let's work backwards. Yeah, okay. Um, it's interesting, like, how you had such a clear picture of who Jeremy was. Yeah, that's the thing that confuses me, too. But no, Clark and Jeremy do not look alike. No. I hope you weren't horribly disappointed. <laughs> She's like, eh, now I can't listen anymore. I don't know. She's it, it, probably looking at any of the, the photos that we did to when we were first starting the podcast. And yeah. that's when I had 
horrible pandemic hair. Oh, you did like, have I pandemic hair. Uh, cut my hair in about a year. Yeah, at that it was point. pretty out there. Woo. But okay, so a that's caught my attention. <laughs> B. Um, thank you for bringing up hashtag one million hugs. Yes. Uh, that is a shout out from Rachel to the rest of you and the rest of us and your families and anyone you can tell. Please get vaccinated. Get your COVID vaccine. If you're doing Pfizer or Moderna, get your second one and yep. get it on time. Yep. And let's get back to, I don't want to say normal, like normal <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get back. Let's get to the place where Dr. Fauci says personally to me, but this whole thing is just like a long con to make friends with Fauci. Be like, click page six, child star and infectious disease expert dating. Right. Uh, so that is, you know, when it's safe, when this is really in a place that I could go from town to town, city to city, set up a booth and give one million hugs. Traveling salesman style. Traveling salesman, exactly. With like a, a suitcase that opens up into a big, like a <laughs> big kissing booth. Kissing booth type of thing. Yes. So we're working backwards through, Rachel, yes. your yes. amazing message. Now, your help. This is what I wanted this podcast to be. <laughs> I wanted it to be a community of people helping each other with real problems. Exactly. And the fact that you were so touched by Lucas's question <laughs> to have this thought to say, that's me. I identify with that. Yep. So much that I'm going to call in. I mean, it's that's. That's pretty amazing. It's pretty and I amazing. Love that your cat is kind of got like a taste for blood. <laughs> yes. I hate to be so cliche and it's kind of a hacky joke, but does your cat like John Wick because the dog dies? Oh, is that's there, true. Is there really a little like evil streak in your cat? Your cat sounds awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, your cat sounds like a cat that would be like, rub my tummy and then I'll kill you. <laughs> but you got to go like, hey, cat, you got me. <laughs> it's uh, very few cats that I know that are famous. Fans of Elmer Bernstein, too. Yes, exactly. You know? So the psycho cat. Um, <laughs> yeah, Rachel, you're pretty much awesome top to bottom. And <laughs> Lucas, agree. take heart. There's some, you know, if you find the most murderous episode of yeah, 90210 exactly. with a lot of, quote, punching sounds. No, crunching, I believe she said. Oh, did crunching she? Crunching sounds. Oh, I thought she said punching, so that no, it was violent. I think it's crunching sounds. Okay. And, and murder. Crunching sounds and murder yeah, are what, so, the two main things. <laughs> thank you, Rachel. Thank yes. you. That was, a, that was a bright spot in my week. Right. I loved Rachel's call. Thank you so much. And please call back again if you have any other uh, advice for anyone else. <laughs> All right, let's move on to actually our first question of the day. Okay. And our first question is from Ryan. And Ryan says, hey there, Lori, Beth, and Clark. My name is Ryan. I'm 29 and married. And recently, my wife brought uh, to my attention that my dad and stepmother are very verbally abusive towards me growing up. I never realized it. And now I'm having a hard time coming to terms with it. I constantly feel like I need to apologize for things I do or for things I say, even though there's no real reason for it. My mom passed away in 2011, and I know that's a factor in why I still let my dad treat me the way he does and only talk to me when he needs something for me like taking care of his animals so they can go on vacation. I justify it because he's my dad, and I still have a hard time dealing with my mom being gone. Now it makes things difficult for my wife because she can't stand to see me treated the way I am by my dad and stepmom. 
What should I do? Do I stand my ground and take the risk of having him not speak to me again? Or do I just continue to go about normally? Ryan. Ryan. Wow, man. Yeah. Um, what I can really kind of grasp is when you were saying you're having a hard time coming to terms with it because we get used to the way people mm-hmm. treat us and we don't know that there's any other way. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, pointed out to you by someone <laughs> who loves you. Right. You know, I always feel sorry. I always feel less than I didn't know there was this reason because when you get those, you know, messages over and over and over, it's just what you, I mean, we talked about this. uh, I mean, this shit comes up all the time, including the part later on when I say, who gives a shit if he's your dad? Right. But, um, you know, so that's rough. And really to look at, to be like, oh my God, awoken to the fact that like, I've been being treated badly. And I didn't even know it. I know I feel bad. Yeah. I know I don't feel yeah. good. Exactly. But here's why. Yes. It's like, oh, the doctor finally told me I broke my foot. Right. Now I know why it's been painful for me to jog every day. Right. Um, I don't jog every day. <laughs> Not every day. <laughs> um, so, Ryan, um, I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry you lost your mom. And yeah. I understand that impulse to be like, well, it's the family I have left. Um. There's a few things you could do. The first is if you do want to interact with your dad and he says something to you that's not okay, you can say, you know, I appreciate if you didn't speak to me that way. Right. And that even just that and saying it not like you've been saying that to me my whole life, old man. Right. And cocking your pistol. Right. You know, but just to. That could really just set him back on his heels. Right. And you're saying not to start a fight, almost just just to stand up for yourself. Yeah, no. And I'm not even saying go in and say something unprovoked. Right. I'm saying wait for an opportunity to come up when he's treating you badly. Yep. And um, so that it's not, you know, you going... I'm so, I'm so woken as a human being, father. It's like your dad, I don't know that your dad's such a like open, you know, minded guy (laughs) who's been like, oh, I'm going to treat my son like shit for 35 years, (laughs) but I'm really zen, man. So I would even, you know, maybe just wait for that opportunity if you wanted um, to, to bring it up and just say, and we've had this discussion before about the roles that we get stuck in. Dad. Yes. Parent, child, mother, son, daughter. Those are all the variations um, within the parent-child complex. But, you know, you're all adults now. Yes. You're all adults now. And maybe you're just beginning to figure out, thanks to your wife... I'm also picturing maybe the wife talks to him worse than she's like, you idiot. You let your dad talk to you. <laughs> no, no, like, no, no. It sounds like <laughs> it sounds like she loves you and yeah. she doesn't want to see that. Exactly. Um. So if you are, you know, engaged with your dad and something comes up, you can say. I really would appreciate it if you didn't speak to me that way. Uh-huh. I realize that. This is how, you know, our relationship has been. But it's not okay. Yeah. And, you know, X, Y, and Z. And you'll yeah. either get, you know, like, oh, he got called on his bullshit and he'll backpedal or he'll say, shut up, you dumb son. Right. You know, or whatever right. it is. But you've said your piece. Yeah. 
as far as do you continue talking to him, even though, you know, he's your dad and this and that, it's like, that's totally up to you. Yeah. You said that this is a man and his wife, your stepmother, who treat you like shit and only call you when they need something. So it doesn't sound like you're losing out on a huge, you know, loving relationship. Uh, let me just throw out there, though, uh, you know, who knows how well, I guess if mom passed away in 2011 and uh, he's dealing with stepmom, I don't know if that what the timing is yes. of this. But for all we know, dad and stepmom could have been slowly doing this more and more over the past 10, 15 years. Yeah. They might not even know that they're doing it. Yeah, there's that. Well, that's I mean, as much as we as the kids get stuck yeah. in our roles, they get stuck in their roles. Exactly. And the whole, you know, the whole parent dynamic is a power dynamic. Exactly. And you either, you know, can exercise that well or poorly or whatever. And every parent, you know, I know we we have a question. We've gotten a question before that we haven't used on the show. And it's something like, you know, is being a parent just only unintentionally fucking up a kid? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty close yeah. to the wording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the answer is, I don't know. That's not the point. Yeah. I mean, the point is to have sex and babies to populate the earth. <laughs> Although I think we've done a good enough job. <laughs> but, you know, Clark's right. They might not know they're doing it. You know, it might not be some like plot like, oh, let's treat them like shit today. Yeah. And, you know, I, I we hear lots of uh, different problems with different parents. So I'm sure in our brains, we initially go to, oh, dads must be this big asshole. Maybe if you tell him. Maybe if I talk to him about it, he doesn't realize he's doing it. Yeah. It upsets him that he do now does realize that he's doing it. Exactly. And he says, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm going to try and stop doing that from now on. Yeah, that would be the ideal. That's why that I suggested great. waiting to, re to respond to it when yes. it happens. Yes. As opposed to like, father, I have some issues to exactly. discuss with you. Um, and obviously, we don't know the severity or the this or the that, but... So those are a couple of ways to handle it with your father and your stepmother. But what is pretty like super awesome possum, Ryan, is that now you can you can take this information that you just kind of were blindsided with yep. and say, OK. Where do I not have confidence in the rest of my life? Yeah. Like what what other parts of my life are affected by yes. this ingrained feeling of like just being beaten down yeah. verbally. Yeah. And that might be like the coolest thing. Honestly, it could affect you at work. It could affect your yeah. friendships. It could affect everything. Yeah. So maybe this will be a nice little, you know, <laughs> Ryan, Ryan gets so cocky, he just turns into a total asshole. <laughs> Yeah, my dad talked bad to me, so fuck you. I just I don't know why I pictured him in cowboy boots now. Just like ah, uh, you know, I kind of pictured him like a on uh, Family Guy right. when Peter uh, watches Roadhouse and starts kicking everybody. Right. Um, so yeah, don't go that far, Ryan. Yeah, no, but no, no. but being able to like just to say my wife pointed out to me like yeah. this is your life and you're living in it and when and sometimes we don't even know who we are what we're doing we're yeah. just too close to it yes and this is like a great opportunity to take this shitty situation how you handle it with your dad and your stepmother is you know up to you and up to your comfort level yeah but 
how you might be able to work out some other stuff and boost your confidence and your self-worth and other parts of your life is yep. like kind of neato bandito. Absolutely. And I would have to say, uh, Ryan, do me a favor. Give your wife an extra kiss and tell her you love her an extra time today because what a wonderful wifey move that was. Shout out to Ryan's wife. Yeah, that was that's re that's a, a wife that's caring and loving you. Yeah. You know? That that's a lot. That's a a, a really good partner. She's a keeper. Yeah, she's a keeper. Uh hopefully that helps Ryan. Uh let's uh if if anything comes up, please uh let us know and yeah. we can help you uh tell your go dad along. to call and if he's mean to me, I'll let him have it. <laughs> there you go. And that's hard for me to say because if the one thing he wanted was for me to go watch his animals, I'd really <laughs> want to do it. <laughs> Like, oh, man, I have to hate you enough not to go feed your dog? <laughs> this is terrible dilemma. All right. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, we're going to move on to question number three. And question number three is from Coley. And Coley says, hi, Lori Beth. Hi, Clark. I'm still friends with my most recent ex. We have fun, and she's my only friend who doesn't live two hours away from me. She has a new girlfriend, too, actually, because she's Polly, and we're just friends. But she sends out mixed signals, like she says she loves being in my arms. It's all confusing for me. What should I do? Coley. Coley, Coley, that's fun to say. Yeah, right? You have a fun name. Um, Thank you for your question. Yeah. If you are not interested in this woman romantically keep your fucking distance yeah doesn't it's unclear to me from what you've said if she is in a poly relationship or an open door policy or what their deal is right but no friend says i love being in your arms <laughs> pal <laughs> that is a clear signal for you know, sexual, more emotional involvement. Yeah. I, I, have, I mean, I had to say sexual because it's like, of course, we're emotionally involved. Well, yeah, with our yeah, friends. yeah. But like, yes, Clark, I love being in your arms. <laughs> Never once in my fucking life. Clark and I are very close. Yes, we are. Clark and I are very, very close. We've known each other 40 something years. Yep. I do not want to be in his arms. <laughs> you know, you've had a... a Intimate relations. This is an ex girlfriend of yeah. yours. She is with her current girlfriend slash partner slash whatever their deal is, yep. which you might know. I don't know anything about it, but if she's got carte blanche, uh, your ex on her end to like do what she likes, you know, within the within the rules of a poly relationship and all that kind of stuff. Right. I don't want this to sound like, oh, poly people just, you know, put their vagina out the window right. and whoever walks by. Right, right, Like, right. whatever the ground rules of that poly relationship are, you're not part of it. Yeah. So if your plan is to just be friends with your ex, then you can say, it makes me really uncomfortable when you say that. Yeah. It's really not just a friendship at that point. If you are interested in getting back with her, she's certainly opening the door. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm sure she's your ex for a reason. Yeah. Um, well, and, and it sounds almost like for Coley, 
that she's really only hanging out with this ex because it's the only friend she has. Yes. In a two hour radius. Why was she your best friend? She lived next door. Exactly. Yeah, there's, there's definitely like a proximity issue and then, you know, a loneliness issue and yeah. a feeling connected to people issue. So I'm wondering if you can find a way to meet more people. We're coming out of COVID. Yeah. You know, and try to broaden your uh, friend group. Yeah. And because it doesn't seem like, like if this wasn't a problem, I think you would have, you know, said, I love being in your arms too. Let me come over. Yeah. You know, exactly. but the fact that you're writing, it's like, that's not a mixed signal. Yeah. That's it's clearly, this isn't something that Coley wants to do. Yeah, exactly. So that is an absolute invitation mm -hmm. for intimacy. Yeah. And if that is not what is on your mind and in your heart and in your arms, then be clear about that. Mm -hmm. And if it's, it can be so tempting. Yeah. If you're lonely, yeah. it can be so tempting. Yeah. But if she's your ex for a reason, keep that in your brain. Yep. And if she's your friend because she lives close, that's not a great foundation yeah. for a friendship yeah yeah yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, like there's this really racist guy that lived across from the street from me growing <laughs> up like we weren't that close right. even though yeah i was just a stone's throw away <laughs> but um go on social media go find groups of things that you like doing yeah and you know look for times when they're going to do it together yeah clark's right try to meet some people things are opening up now maybe you go to a job, maybe, you know, it's, it's hard to search for that, especially yeah. when it's like, well, there's this person that I have history with. Right. And, well, it's nice it's and easy. it's comfortable. It's, it's easy. easy. Yeah. But easy isn't, doesn't mean best. good for you. It doesn't mean good for you. Exactly. Yeah. The McDonald's drive-thru is easy. <laughs> That's right. I'm easy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I feel like a very reoccurring uh, subject on this show is that it is kind of hard to find friends as an adult or yeah. to meet new people or to, you know, when you're in school, when you're in college, when you're, you know, out running around as a young person, it's so easy to meet new people. Yeah. But as soon as you pass 30 or something, it <gasps> feels like finding new friends is such a big deal. I think that we should all have to go back to school for like a year at 35. Okay. Make up for the COVID year. We make up for the COVID year. No, just no. at 35, <laughs> everyone has to go back for oh. like year 14 or whatever it is. It's, we'll call it whatever it is. It's like Logan's jog. Yes. <laughs> Logan's run is y'all yes. get killed. Logan's jog. Logan's you jog just have to go back through. to school. Let's just go back to school. <laughs> Can you imagine? You just hang out and then you have recess. Oh, and then you, God. But everyone's just on their phone now. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. Yeah. I don't think that. We put on one more play. No. Oh, come on. Let's just do this once more. The sun will come out. Yeah. Oldest <laughs> Annie ever. 35-year-old <laughs> Annie. And the, the uh with the 35-year-old uh, uh daddy Warbucks. Yes. <laughs> Everyone's 35. Everyone's 35, and the dog Sandy is just a, a urn of ashes. <laughs> It's really easy to control. It oh, always hits its mark because there's a there's a tech person in all black just like touching his <laughs> headset and putting it where it needs to go. <laughs> Holy, she's your ex for a reason. Yep, she's definitely reaching out from her wherever her poly relationship stands. Yep, and it's up to you to say, 
put boundaries on the relationship. Right. And you don't have to not be friends with her anymore. We're not saying like, oh, you can't be friends with an ex. You can yeah. totally be friends with an ex. You just can't be dancing on that line. Yeah. So hopefully that helps, Coley. Uh, let us know what you uh, what happens and we'll move on to question number four. Okay. Question number four is from Ginger and Ginger says, after spending over a year staring at myself on Zoom, I hate my old lady waddle of a neck. I'm in my 40s and get mistaken for somebody in my 30s. But this neck is getting loose fast and I hate it more every day. I am not a plastic surgery kind of person, but I think I will start getting mistaken for somebody in my 50s soon. So should I have a neck lift? Ginger. Ginger. Well, first of all, I don't know you, <laughs> but here's what I'm going to say right off the bat. <sighs> yes, we have spent, not only have we all spent a year on Zoom, but primarily only looking at ourselves. Yeah. That's what I'm focused on most of the time. Yeah. But I have learned just like when, you know, chicks know you give a dude a camera, say, take a picture. And they hold it at their chest, pointing up. Right. No, 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 Dickwad. Right. Hold the camera up and tilted down. Exactly. Chicks know how to do that to take the better chin-looking pictures. That's right. It's more, and, and I blew a guy's mind once at the Hollywood Bowl. Mm. So with my friend Rachel, not Rachel from the first question, my uh -huh. other friend Rachel. And we were at the Hollywood Bowl for the Fourth of July. Mm which I try to go to every year. It has, yep. uh, except for last year, pour right. one out. Um, maybe this year. Maybe, yes, this year it's cool in the gang. I, I know, think. I know. That opening? No, that's cool in the gang. Cool in the gang. Yeah. Um, anyway, shout out to the Hollywood Bowl. <laughs> um, my favorite place on earth. Um, so this guy was behind us and we said, hey, can you take a picture of us? So he goes to take the picture from down. We're uh -huh. in front of him. And I'm like, no, no, no. And he's like, what are you talking about? And he takes the picture we want. And I said, okay, dude, I'm going to show you. This was all really fun. And, and this is just a random Clark, stranger. Clark knows that I end up talking to oh, every yeah. person around me all the time. Yeah. And nobody ever seems bothered by it. No. Well, they I'm, always yeah. just go right in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So I take the camera. It's my phone. Yeah. And I take a picture of him from down. And then a picture of him from up. So there's one of him looking like, here's a picture of me you took from down. Right. And then there's the one of him up. And I showed it to him and it blew his fucking mind. Really? He was like, whoa, I'll show you the two pictures after. They're still okay. on my phone. All right. It was a magic moment. So <laughs> all this to say Ginger, which awesome name, by the way. Yeah. Ginger. Yeah. It's um, my, my favorite sauce at Benihana's. It is. You love it. I love that sauce. Um, I do too. Yeah, it's good. The point being... I am not a plastic surgery girl either. Yeah. And here's how I deal with that. <laughs> when I, it's pretty funny actually, if you're there, when I am on a Zoom meeting, I have my computer on a rather high stack of books. Oh, nice. It is, I would say the books come almost all the way up to like my nose wow. off the table. Nice. And then tilt the, the computator down. Right. And I am getting that selfie from above look. Mm. I mean, I'm still me. It's not yeah. like all of a sudden I'm like, who's that supermodel? <laughs> oh, it's me. <laughs> but it is, you know, I, let's say I have quadruple chins. I maybe have a double one from that angle. Oh, nice. You know what I mean? Um, so that's what I have done 
I mean, basically, it's like, oh, here's I'm showing myself to the world anyway. Yeah. Which is really funny because it's not like I make you stand 10 feet above me when we meet in person. <laughs> exactly. Uh, like, can you just I'm a squat. Can you just look down on me with just uh, glowing eyes? But um, yeah, staring at yourself in a Zoom window and feeling bad about it is about as 2020 as it gets. Yeah, yeah, seriously. So if you are not a plastic surgery person, babe, I do not think that this is your cue to, you know, you say in person, you're in your 40s, you get mistaken for your 30s. And then you worry that someone will mistake you for being in your 50s. And my question is, who the fuck cares? Yeah, exactly. You say in a few years, somebody could uh, mistake me for somebody in my 50s. Uh, In a few years, you're going to be in your 50s. Yeah. Be proud of it. Yeah, man. It's all right. It's okay to be older. You're okay. I would suggest getting a large stack of books. Yeah, there you go. I like that. All right. Well, hopefully that helps, Ginger. Um, We're going to move on, however, now uh, to one of my favorite rotating segments of the week. I love this. And we always screw it up so wonderfully. (laughs) This is Top Ten and a Half. And now, ladies and gentlemen, LB and Clark's Top Ten. Okay, so this week's top 10 and a half, uh, you know, we've done this segment twice before and it gets longer every time we try and do it. (laughs) The last time we couldn't even put it in the show. We had to release it separately as its own entity. Exactly. So hopefully we can get through this in the episode. Uh, But we actually have had a couple of people asking questions. I don't know why, but they uh, have all been asking for the same thing. And one of them was from somebody named MQ. And he said... Uh, in honor of you starring in your first horror film, can you guys do a top 10 and a half of your favorite horror films? Yes. Okay. So this is actually really cool. I am, because I put it on my Instagram. Yeah. And maybe on my Twitter, that I am going to be in a horror film. That's right. I'm, I I don't know that I'm starring in it, <laughs> but I'm definitely in it. Yeah, and it's yeah. going to be called, um, it's called American Gothic. And it is from writer-director Brian Steinmetz. Mm. And I get to go to uh, Vermont. Oh. It's being shot in beautiful Vermont. Hey, say hi to Bernie. Hi, Bernie. I wish, <laughs> I wish. What if he's in it? <laughs> he's the murderer. He's, he's been the murderer the, the whole time. The top one and a half percent of murders. <laughs> Are all happening? No, thanks. So that's that's why you're like, I don't know why he's writing. It's yeah. because he knows that I'm going to be in this movie, American Gothic. That's right. Now, just because I'm in a horror movie <laughs> yes. doesn't mean I love horror movies. Yeah. So this is good. So if you were dreaming that I was some like, you know, slasher queen, like I had a Freddy mask in my house <laughs> and that's not quite it. So Freddy doesn't have a mask. Freddy no, but if you were going to be Freddy, oh, you would right. have, You'd to, have wear to wear a mask. mask. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Um, Freddy wears the hockey mask. <laughs> Don't you know anything, Clark? So we did make a 10 and a half, a top yes. 10 and a half. Mine, I would say, are... Yeah, and there's just some wiggle room. You were scared by your picks. Yes. And that's are, that's what I would uh define as a horror movie. Or it's like, yeah, there's things about them that scared me that stuck with me. Yes. Or a couple of them were like psychological thrillers. Right, 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 right. So yes. So we're gonna do a top ten and a half uh be- not best horror movies, but our favorite horror yeah, movies. Yeah, this is always just our top ten and a half. Yeah, this is not anything to do with who's best or who's better but let's move let's try and do this as quick as we can yes. number one Lori Beth my first one is the sixth 
Sense yes. by M. Night Shyamalan. Yes. If you're out there, if you're hating M. Night Shyamalan, make a hundred movies. I'll watch them a hundred times <laughs> and I'll still be surprised. <laughs> Don't you take any shit. And that was just like, oh, that movie just got me. And even yeah. the jump scares. And as an added bonus, I saw it with Cheryl Chase, oh. the voice of Angelica from Rugrats. How weird. It's random. And that's what happened. That's very random. Okay. Um, we're trying to do it as quickly as we can here. So I'm going to move on to my first choice. And my first choice is going to be quite possibly the best movie ever made of all time. And that would be Jaws. Oh, Jaws. Jaws is just the best movie of all time. And it also happens to be a horror movie. So I figured why not pick the greatest movie of all time? Yes. Uh, number two. For me for you. is Hereditary. Oh. Clark, you have not seen this, right? I, I have not. It is is now of course i'm kicking myself i don't remember the director's name you definitely do out there <laughs> he also did midsomar or mm. midsummer however mm. you're supposed to say it yeah i watched it just a couple years ago and it is creep show amazing i mean really an amazing movie tony collette should have won 50 oscars wow and it is distressing and disturbing and that's my number two okay uh my number two is actually i'm uh now as we're recording this realizing also the favorite of uh rachel's cat a predator oh. i love predator oh that's right i meant to say at the beginning like yeah. rachel's cat's in on this too i know so uh my number two choice is uh the original arnold schwarzenegger predator um, I always loved that movie. So there's something about that predator, how he could disappear and he was so athletic and he could jump up into trees. I don't know. It was just really fun and cool. I always loved that movie. Uh, number th three for you. Number three for me, which is really number six. Yeah, five. We're going top 10. One, two, three, four, five. You're number five. My number five is my number six. No, I'm okay. number six. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Wait a minute. You no, just did three. Let's just try I did this two. <laughs> this is the math that goes on. Anyway, <laughs> anyway my ahead. next one. Yes. We're leaving this in. <laughs> this is why I can't do basic math. Yeah. Um, my number, my next one is Poltergeist. Oh, classic. I don't know how many times I've sat around and watched it. Yeah. But it came out when I was a kid, we were like, I don't know, eight, nine, 10, something like that. So, and it was this really scary movie that shocked people. And it's not like I sat and watched it when I was eight. And now right. I'm terrified of it, but there was so much in it. I'm like the swimming pool and the weirdness and the clown doll. I yeah. think that has always been so much part of the zeitgeist, yeah. part of the polter zeitgeist <laughs> um, that it really sticks out in my brain as this terrifying thing. All right. That's Clark? a good choice. Good choice. All right. Uh, I, my next choice is kind of a, uh, 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 cheat because uh -oh. my next choice is Dawn of the Dead. Ooh. But honestly, I like both versions. Okay. The original George Romero was like the quintessential zombie movie for about 30 years. Yes. It was the best zombie movie made. And then they made, uh, um, what's his name? Zack Snyder from the famous Snyder cut of the Justice League movie. <laughs> uh, he made one. That was one of his first movies uh, in the early 2000s was a remake of Dawn of the Dead. And I always loved malls so much growing up. I was a little mall rat yep. at our local mall. And I just love going to malls. And both of these zombie movies takes place place in malls oh. and it's just such a great idea for where to go when the zombies yeah come. right so that's my choice 
like all the zombies in Abercrombie and Fitch to start with, Clark, <laughs> right? Social commentary. Yes. Uh, my next one will go from Dawn of the Dead to Shaun of the Dead. Oh, nice. I... Love, love that, that movie. I've watched it with friends pretty recently. One of my friends is oh. really upset afterwards because she's like, I don't like scary movies. And I was like, I guess it is a scary movie. Yeah, but it, I've seen it enough that, I mean, it is. It's distressing and all that kind of stuff. But then there is the fun and yes. the music and the clever turn. Like my favorite part in that is when the two teams yes. are like, like the main characters and they pass like the equivalent of them with another group. Anyway, watch the movie. You'll know what the hell I'm talking about. Okay. I don't want to like, again, push us into uh six hour territory, <laughs> but do you know that um, the director and uh, the two main guys from Shaun of the Dead, uh -huh. I'm horrible with names, they all worked together before on a TV show. Which one? It was called Open Space, I th uh, something like that. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah. But um, the lead that was uh, the lead of Shaun of the Dead, Shaun. Yes. Was the lead of the show. Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg. Thank yes. you. Simon Pegg was the lead of this show with a girl. And the girl that he was, the, that was the co-lead with him uh -huh. was the leader of the other group. Oh. So when they meet up, there's like a little hidden reference there of these are two people that were like co-starring in a TV show together. That's a double hidden Easter egg to me. Right? Oh, I love Excellent. that movie so much. Anyway. Okay, back to you. Dawn of the Dead, Shaun of the Dead. I'm going to give you Return of the Living Dead. All right. I love Return of the Living Dead. It's a zombie movie, but it's also so wacky that it's kind of a comedy. Let me just say at a certain point, the zombies have been eating people and like devouring and then the police come and they eat the police. Oh. And then you hear there's a shot of the police car and you hear like the the walkie talkie guy like, uh, we're looking. What's going on over there? We're, what's happening at this? And you see a zombie reach in like zombie like pull out the little walkie talkie guy and go send more brains. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to order more people to come. Oh, my it's goodness. so awesome. I love it. That's my choice. Okay. I'm going to stick it a quick, uh, before I get to my actual last one, because it just popped in my head, yeah. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, God, Fucking yeah. nuts. Hell I'm going to yeah. leave that right there. Go look it up. Yep. My last one is Ghostbusters. Oh. And what I'm going to say to you about this, dear listeners and Clark, is yes, I was one of those kids. Ghostbusters came out. I think I was 10 years old. I saw it in the theater. Yeah. And I was scared shitless yes. at the beginning when the ghost in the library, the librarian, roared at the camera and chased them out of the building. Yeah. I was, I didn't know it at the time, but in today's vernacular, I was shook. <laughs> And that is like super true. And then to say something I was so scared by that I love more than anything, Ghostbusters is right there. Yeah. All right. I love it. Uh, and then uh, my last main pick here uh, also has a very personal uh, story for me because it's Bride of Chucky. Mm. And when I was working at Universal Studios, uh, I was doing all of the different shows. I was in the Blues Brothers and Beetlejuice. Yep. But my favorite time of the year was Halloween because every Halloween I did a one man Chucky show. You can see that on YouTube. Where oh, can right. they find it on YouTube? Uh, I think if you just search uh, Chucky's Insult Emporium. Chucky's Insult Emporium. That will be Clark being Chuckified. And it's <laughs> awesome. It's really, it was really fun. And you know what? It was so therapeutic to just go <laughs> up and mock 
every single person that I see for about six hours a night. Did you see Ryan from the second question? <laughs> I did not. I no. hope you didn't. <laughs> and didn't uh, Lex go as ho- to Halloween as yeah. Chucky one year? So when he was two years old, back when I could still choose his <laughs> Halloween costumes for him. I totally made him a Chucky costume. Yeah, it was pretty goddamn cute. It was pretty awesome. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, Bride of Chucky is my last pick. And then our half, do you want to explain our half? Generally, the, the, the half has been kind of up in the air. What does it mean? And we thought the half would be something we disagree on. Right. But this time, it's really just not even half a horror movie. <laughs> because we are going with Weekend, Weekend at, at Bernie's. Bernie's. Yes, this is a hilarious 80s comedy starring a young Jonathan Silverman and Andrew McCarthy. That's right. And yes, the main co-star is a dead man. That's right. Come on. You gotta, it's, you can't expect a, a, a comedy to have a corpse, a rotting, decaying corpse starring through the comedy at like at least 80% of that movie yeah. is a dead man on well, screen. Well, the whole, the whole point is that they're trying to keep the fact that he's dead right. a secret. So instead of saying he went to the Philippines, <laughs> they like carry him around. I'm sure you can look at him. Yeah. It's awesome. It's amazing. The episode of The Simpsons where Homer smokes medical marijuana is actually called Weekend at Burnsies. Oh, because nice. there is part of that where Mr. Burns is dead and he and Smithers do this and make oh. it look like Mr. Burns is still alive. And they chose to say that instead of like Ganja Homer or something right, like that. Right, 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 right. But so, yeah. And I, Clark, I don't know if you know this, but mm. I quote uh, a quote from Weekend at Bernie's. I say probably once a week. You quote Weekend at Bernie's? What do you yes. quote of Weekend I, at Bernie's? It's really, really, really early in the film before the plot starts. Sure. And the whole point is that uh, the two, you know, young, dashing leads, nerdy leads. Yeah. Um, true 80s style are just in these grunt jobs and they don't have a lot of money. They're It's really hot. They're on the roof of their apartment building in a kiddie pool. Right. And Andrew McCarthy's in this kiddie pool and he goes, this sucks. I am so unhappy. <laughs> so it has nothing to do with Weekend at Bernie's, but like often in my head, I go, this sucks. I am so unhappy. <laughs> that is a good quote. Yes. I'll have to remember that. For it it works in a lot of situations. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh my God. Did we get through a top 10 and a half? I think we actually did. We got through a top 10 and a half in less than 10 minutes. Wow. So that's pretty impressive, everyone. Well, let me uh, add another 10. <laughs> All right, well, instead of that, why don't we go to our final question of the day? And Billy says, hi, I'm an older millennial who still lives with his parents because student loans and going into a limited job market when I did made it almost impossible to get into a solid full-time job for about four years after graduation. My father was diagnosed with a very severe cancer back in October with a survival rate that drops by 50% every six months. Though he has been doing well more recently. I have a hard time stepping away from work as it is, but the one trip I was thinking of doing this year, big gathering at Dollywood for a podcast I enjoy, falls in September. And although my dad is doing well right now, I don't know if I wanna risk having to cancel last minute or even during the event. I live in Florida and would be traveling about 12 hours both ways if I go, and flying would probably be almost as long of a process. I know that the Dollywood event is going to be fun and would be a great opportunity to actually be social, 
but I can't help but worry that things will go south the moment I start traveling again. Sorry to go so dark on my first question, but you're probably the best advice team I could choose where I might hear an answer. Thank you in advance. Love all the work of yours I've ever seen. That's Billy. This is Billy. Billy, you go dark when you need to. <laughs> all right? That's what I'm saying to you, Potato. Um, thank you for your question. Yeah. I relate to this question a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. I just want to start off with this. One of the most magical weekends of my life was a weekend at Dollywood. Oh, yeah. Yes. Back in the day, back in the Nickelodeon day. Yeah, yeah. They were, um, ooh, speaking of horror movies, I think we've talked about this on the show before. I used to be panic attack, horribly terrified of costume characters. Oh, right. Right? Yes. We'd go into Disneyland and I would have to run in a store if Chip and Dale came right, by. Right, or God forbid the Beast, somebody Yeah, big. the Beast still gets me a little bit when yeah. I see him. But any costume character really, really flipped me out. Huh. So I had this Nickelodeon um, job. They were doing a big Nickelodeon show at Dollywood. So me and another kid... Um, Dar I think his name is Darius. If mm. I'm wrong, I'm super sorry. And he's a black guy. Mm. And this comes into play in a moment in okay. my story. Um, so it's not as bad now that I just said that. <laughs> the black, the, the fact that my friend was black comes into the story about being in the deep south. It's not that. Yeah, okay, good. But um, <laughs> so we went to go be part of the opening of this show and mm. do like a press conferencey thing. And it was just amazing. And the hospitality, like, no shit. The southern hospitality was like like rich, like thick right. sausage gravy. Mm. Everyone was just so much fun and everyone was so nice. But part of this was there was this big parade. Oh, okay. Through Pigeon Forge, which is the where it is. Right. And um, I was going to be on the float with Darius. Yeah. With people dressed as the Rugrats. Oh, and no. I was kind of freaking out a little bit. Yeah. But this is the moment that helped me get over that fear. Okay. Because the people that were in the Rugrats costumes were the people that were in the show who I'd met and right. talked to. Right. And because they weren't at Disneyland with all of those rules, like you must never break character. Right. Or you'll go to Disneyland jail. Um, we were just able to talk. I was able to be so close to them. I could really see the mesh where they were seeing all that kind of stuff. Interesting. And it really cured me of that. Huh? If it's still something creepier, like at Universal, like Frankenstein and stuff, yeah. there are some that are supposed to scare me. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, I'm just saying Dollywood as the thing about my friend being black is that, and this came up really recently with all Black Lives Matter, all this fucking shit that we are finally talking about yeah that is just awful but so at dollywood or in pigeon forge i should say yeah they had the dixie stampede which is basically like um what's the big one where the knights battle uh uh medieval uh, times medieval times so it's like medieval times oh, dinner and tournament except it's the North and the South, and it's the Civil War. Oh. Who's going to win? I don't know. Cross your fingers. <laughs> so it was just a little, like, the whole thing was a little like, okay, this is done in the South. So I think her name was Barbara. She was our chaperone yes. from, from Dollywood. She was just taking care of us, and she took us to this Dixie Stampede, and we're in the middle of it, and it's just really weird. And I turned to the, uh, you know, the... The guy from Nickelodeon, he was there and I go, I think this is the deep south. 
and Darius is black and I'm Jewish and Barbara owns us. Oh no. It was just something really like odd about it. And you know, it's like a joke and it's funny or whatever, but then I was not surprised when it did come up over the last, you know, year or two, this whole concept of like, well, looking at things that are fucked up. Yeah. That we all just smile at. Yeah. You know, the Dixie Stampede was brought up. And it's like, we obviously know that, you know, Dolly's kick ass awesome. Right. Oh, but this course, wasn't in Dollywood, course. but this was just a real this was just potent town. memory from my Dollywood visit. Well, it's just it's weird because, you know, in medieval times, it's not like one side is the Europeans and the other side is the French yeah. and the other side is the Jer- like the no nobody's representing anything in yeah. medieval times. It's just I'm the king of blue and yes. I'm the queen of yellow. Yeah. Right. So it's just colors. This clearly has sides that are people are going to be taking. Yeah. So it's not it, 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 the whole thing. I mean, like we wouldn't have like World War Two. This is like the having Hitler's side is going great. A Roe v. Wade uh, uh, <laughs> dinner in tournament. I was going to take a drink, but I knew that if I did, I would spit on the microphone and ruin it. Okay. So anyway, anyway that got Dollywood. strangely political. Dollywood. Dollywood is awesome. Yeah. Billy. Billy. Besides understanding that you can have a really great time at Dollywood. <laughs> I live with my father. We talk about it every. It comes yep. up. Well, I live with him every day, so there's no reason it, <laughs> it shouldn't, shouldn't come, come up, up every, every day. week. Um, you can't live your entire life based on what might happen. Yeah. If it'd be different if you said, "My dad needs care, and right. I'm the one who has to be there to care for him." Right. And if I go, I have to get someone to replace me. Right. Like if you know, you know, my dad's looking really, you know, this is looking like the end. I'm going to go to France. Like right. that's you're in that, you know, you understand that, but you can't take it so far that you don't do anything. That your whole life is waiting around for someone to die yeah. that you don't want to die. Yeah. I love the fact that you said you were going to drive. Yeah. Because yeah. that's a man after my own heart. Yeah. To drive, but even if you were to buy a plane ticket or whatever, plans change, things get canceled. Yeah. If you buy a plane ticket, try to get one that's refundable just in case. But plan to go and do something for yourself. Yes. Besides you not putting your entire life as far as anything you'd want to do that would bring you happiness on hold. Even though it's for your dad, it's for someone you love. Yeah. You can't do that because we don't know the future. Yeah. You know, unless you've like, you know, your dad's like, I'm going to go on September 6th. Right. You're like, well, I'll be back from Dollywood by then. <laughs> you know, it, it can't be that you spend your time waiting because then you get resentful. Yeah. You're like, dad, it's been eight years. Can you die? I haven't <sighs> been on vacation. Yeah. So my advice and what I have done is make your plans, man. Yeah. Make your plans. And go with your plans. Yeah. And guess what? If something happens and you need to get back, then that's what's going to happen. Exactly. That's if you, exactly you know, right. If you need to leave your car there and hop on a flight to get back because something's really wrong, then you can do that. But and, I have a feeling it'll be cool. And, and let me tell you something. I know you got to be thinking, oh, it's going to be so stressful if I'm, you know, in Dollywood and I get a phone call and blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you, it's going to be stressful no matter what. Yes. It's going to be stressful if your dad is, takes a turn for the worst. 
if you're next door, it's going to be stressful. Yeah. So like Lori Beth is saying, you got to take care of yourself. Uh, um, yeah, like it's already stressful. Yeah. So go do something you know is going to make you happy. Exactly. You know, because you know what? That'll it, you'll come back from that, and your dad will hopefully knock on wood. Everything will still be there and be okay, and you can be a happier person that will be better at taking care of your dad. Yeah. So, but you can't put your life on hold. Yeah. Because that's just a drag. You yeah. know, I did that. I went for a very just a couple days. To San Francisco. I think I talked about it. Well, this was a couple months ago, I yeah, guess. Yeah. And I sat and I talked to my dad and I said, this is what I want to do. I needed to get away. Yeah. I needed to get away. He was okay. You know, I wouldn't have done that the week after he had surgery. Right. But I looked at the situation. I said, this is going to be okay. And... If you go to Dollywood, I want photographic proof. Yeah. And if you go to Tixie Stampede, I wonder if it's still, I don't know if they've rewritten the script. Yeah. Send us a report on the Dixie Stampede. Yes. If there was tons of horses in it, it was fun. Oh, and then, sure. To anyone, on it, you know, not thinking about that. Like, I, like, I'm sitting there and I'm enjoying it, but I really thought like, okay, my black friend might be like, um, where are we? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Darius, if you're out there, I love you. Yeah. Hopefully that helps, Billy. Uh, let us know. Please try and take care of yourself. Um, but that's about it. We've just finished our final question for today. Uh, if you out there, if you have questions or decisions that you need to make. Yes. And they're weighing heavily on you. Please send it to us and let LB ease your burden at AskLoriBeth.com. Go follow us on all the socials at AskLoriBeth or just leave us some message with your name and where you're from at 1-855-336-2374. That's 1-855-DENBERG or 1-855-DENBERG. You can find me at LB Denberg on Instagram.com. At lbdenberg on Instagram.com, at Lori Beth Denberg on Twitter, very formal. And there is a, oh, there's a contest. Oh, yes, yes, yes. If you care to meet me in quote unquote person, Reverend Contest, not subscribe, follow. Yeah, follow. Follow at Ask Lori Beth on Instagram. When we get to 3,000 followers, I'm going to pick a random person and we're going to have a Zoom that will change your life. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and there's a Lori Beth Denberg fan page on Facebook. That's right. Um, just as Rachel's bloodthirsty cat mentioned before, <laughs> hashtag one million hugs. Yep. Spread the word. Yep. Spread the word, not the disease. So that's not even <laughs> no, a thing. Is, yeah, no. And um, yeah, please keep your questions coming. I love this. I-, I love getting your questions and hearing what you have to share. And unfortunately, when you have really hard questions that I'm like, oh, I can totally relate. <laughs> um, it just, it, it helps me. It helps you, hopefully. And please keep sending them in. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. And we hope to hear from you next week. Come back soon with your paper airplanes. Yeah, bye, bye. bugs.
That Advice stars Lori Beth Denberg and Clark Crozier. The show is produced by me, Jeremy Balin, and part of the Seltzer Kings Network. Our theme song is written and performed by Natty Ward. If you or someone you love is in need of some bad advice, you can submit your own question on our socials, all of which are Ask Lori Beth, or on our website at AskLoriBeth.com, or for a nostalgic twist, you can call 1-855-DENBERG. That's right, 1-855-336-2374, and leave your question there. Thanks for listening. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.